Hi, everybody. I'm John Leslie, and we are once again talking about radio. And as always, when we have guests on our program, I, when I read their background and I see the things that, that they have done in radio, I get really excited. And, uh, and it's so easy for radio people, and I guess in all professions, when you get together, the stories just flow. But uh, our guest today... Tim Arsenault, and he he's in. Uh, let me see what uh, I I had the name of the town. You're in Vermont, Vernon. Yeah, yeah I'm Vernon. in Vernon, Vermont, Vernon, the, Vernon the, Vermont, the southwest uh, southeast corner of Vermont. Okay, Vernon, Vermont. Now, what's interesting about Tim is he kind of leads. A, he's like Batman. He's got uh, double lives. You know, uh, he's not only the town clerk in Vernon, Vermont, but you're also a radio host. How does that work? Yeah, that's right. Well, um, I start, I was born here in this town, so that started first. But uh, my parents came from a farm background, and I knew right off directly I didn't want a farm. I uh, started off listening to the radio and uh, heard some great voices among them as I was growing up. Cousin Brucey on WABC. Oh, my, sure. And in his uh, WKBW uh, incarnation, Jack Armstrong a great inventive jock and had a great ear for music. I also uh, heard a lot of the uh, play-by-play people on far-off stations doing baseball late at night, and I was fascinated. So uh, I kind of lost my soul to rock and roll, as it were. Um, (laughs) Ended up getting a job at one of the local radio stations in nearby Brattleboro, the uh, next town up from Vernon, the first town in Vermont of any size, if you're going up Interstate 91, um, working Sunday nights on uh, WKVT 1490 in Brattleboro, as I was a senior in high school at the time. And then that parlayed itself into a uh, full-time position. And so, as most young men do, I I got myself in a whole bunch of uh, kerfuffle with relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So, I left Brattleboro for a while and uh, started working at a station that many people in the 60s and 70s uh, and even the 80s came to know as one of the uh, the great step-up stations of uh, Vermont, WCFR, AM and FM in Springfield. I went up there ostensibly to jock, but all of a sudden I became their morning news guy because they figured out I could write and I had a brain. <laughs> and so uh, I ended up uh, becoming their news director. And about three years later, my station in Brattleboro, WKPT, brought me back as their news director. Then after, gosh, maybe uh, about 12, 13 years later than that, the uh, heritage station in the market, WTSA, their longtime uh, news director, ended up leaving to do public affairs at the local nuclear plant. And they brought me over across town to do that. Now, it's interesting because the uh, town that I'm town clerk of had a nuclear plant there for 42 years, and it closed right before I came back to uh, work as town clerk. But in the meantime, I had uh, been around and enjoyed uh, the quiet double life, which uh, really, it's, I'd say it's still quiet, but uh, of a different uh, way. I just, as I get older, I'm enjoying being more active. Now, you mentioned uh, to me b- before we started the program today that just today at, at 2 o'clock this morning, you, you voice-tracked a, a morning show. That's correct. Uh, I fill in 
on uh, 96.7 WTSA-FM in Brattleboro, Vermont. You can probably find the stream at WTSAradio.com. And so I fill in. I do some weekend work, and I also do some uh, news writing because uh, when I left there full-time, I was the news director, and I guess nobody does it like me. At least that's what the management says, so <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with uh, pitching in and doing things that would not be a conflict of interest. I certainly don't write about my own town, but uh, this morning their regular morning guy, Ian Kelly, was uh, out for a medical appointment, so I hopped myself up out of uh, bed at 2 a.m., fresh in the news copy I'd written the night before, found all my uh, promo cards, all my uh, uh, comedy material, and went at it for a four-hour morning show. We're talking about radio with Tim Arsenault in uh, Vernon, um, Vermont, and I'm I'm curious that uh, well not only did you do all of this on air work, but over the what 49 years that you've been associated with broadcasting, you also did some chief engineering, which is a very unusual combination. Well, I actually uh, had been what they call the chief operator when the FCC made a lot of their changes. Um, you you no longer needed ostensibly a chief engineer. You needed some person who would coordinate the repair and make sure that uh, you were in compliance with uh, FCC rules and regulations and the uh, quarterly issues and program reports came out to uh, look like a thing of beauty. I'm not sure they were a thing of beauty, but they were at least very legal. While I was doing all that, I did uh, play-by-play and and color on uh, football, basketball, baseball, and softball. I sold advertising. Basically, I did anything that uh, the radio station demanded except sign their checks. In all of the years that I was on the air and doing morning shows, we were very successful in not only in the programming uh, and the ratings, but we also were very successful in sales. But I was never a sales ad salesman. I could never go out and do cold calls. I could, if, if one of our regular sales staff would go out and initiate a contact with somebody, I would gladly go along with them and, and help complete the sale. But I, I, there's just a part of me that cannot go knock on the door at some store and say, hi, I want to buy some radio. You obviously can do that. Well, I, I pretty much had to because, quite frankly, I like to eat. And uh, <laughs> secondly, I uh, uh, ended up getting remarried to a woman with uh, teenage girls. And so uh, we both needed to work our butts off to uh, put them through school. And so she ended up uh, working at the area nursing home, and uh, I did everything I could to uh, make a buck on the radio. I even over the years uh, started acquiring my own uh, DJ gear, went out and did parties and weddings and things. And along the way, I became a justice of the peace, and I've done a whole bunch of marriages, too. So you, you use the, uh, the air name Tim Johnson. And yeah, I, because a lot of my uh, co-workers early on could not pronounce Arsenal. They hit the hard T, and that drove me nuts. So at the time, um, I kind of tweaked my mother, who uh, had a uh, particular slanted sense of humor. Our next door's neighbor was uh, Jesse Johnson, who liked to be uh, oh, rather loud, boisterous, and uh, under the influence a lot of the time. So. I chose Johnson as a 
uh, a last name pseudonym to uh, kind of get under her skin. And also, <laughs> it was something that uh, would be distinctive and easier to pronounce. We're talking with Tim Arsenault, also known as Tim Johnson, in Vernon, Vermont. And I, I've got a, you mentioned Brattleboro, Vermont, and I, I've got a little story I want to tell about that. In Back in the late 80s, when it, it appeared under the rule of uh, Mikhail Gorbachev that the former Soviet Union wanted to be friends with the United States, unlike today, where we have stepped back, uh, way, way back in time. But at that time, Gorbachev was trying to uh, uh, bring the Soviet Union into the world economy and make it a better place with glasnost and perestroika, new openness and uh, reconstruction. And I had the good fortune of being the first American journalist to be allowed to travel unescorted, uncensored in the Soviet Union. And my team and I went there, and we were there for 10 days, and we had no idea what we were doing or getting into or because this was uncharted territory. Well, one of the things that we wanted to do is visit a, uh, a ch Christian church in uh, Moscow. It was a huge Christian church. And oh, oh, you'll get a kick out. Of, you'll get a kick out of this uh, when I hear people who pronounce Moscow. I did spend time in the National Guard and an, an undergraduate of the Defense Information School. I had an in, a uh, instructor who also uh, did weekend news on uh, a station in Indianapolis tell me repeatedly there are no cows in Moscow. It's pronounced, to, at least to her imagination, Moscow. So. Uh, I always it comes into my head when you say that. <laughs> well, that, we, we've, we've used that uh, ever since we started the project. Uh, and in fact, uh, my in high school in my government class, the I remember the teacher saying it's uh, Ma's cow, a uh, Papa's bull, and Ma's cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, so we go into this this Christian church in Moscow, Moscow, and they had a big organ. And on the front of the organ, it said Brattleboro. And you know why? It, because that was made in Brattleboro. It was an SD organ uh, from the late 1800s until the uh, late 1950s. The SD organ was one of the major employers in Brattleboro. And uh, they, they had organs all around uh, the world. People entertained at home and that sort of thing died out when radio became more popular and now TV and, and uh, you'll also notice that large families uh, have uh, gone by the boards because of cable TV and having a TV in your bedroom. Think about that. Watching TV rather than doing something else. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Now, how did you um, what made you decide to enter politics? Well, I was sitting at my town meeting covering it one year, and I got really, really upset that one of our old-timers, a farmer with a stutter, was uh, being picked on, or at least kind of laughed at, while he was up speaking, and the town moderator did nothing about it. Now, you can probably tell a little bit, I do have a stutter that I worked on over the years and dealt with in terms of speech, and I figure the more I talk, the better off I am that I'm able to uh, keep that somewhat under control. So I ended up running for town moderator and won, and so I've had the privilege, I'd say, of uh, 
being able to tell nearly everyone in my town to shut up and sit down. <laughs> and I, I, I do think at times the town moderator needs to be issued a taser, but that's another story. Um, so while that got going, I saw our town clerk at the time uh, writing a, uh, you know, actually at a select board meeting, and she was telling the select board that her starting salary of $49,000 a year wasn't enough. Now, I don't know about you. I've been in radio for a long, long time. I said to myself, $49,000? <laughs> well, um, so I ended up running uh, the next time the office was open and uh, won because, I mean, this is my town, and um, I think that people knew me well, and I had promised to do a good job, and so far I think I have. Do people, uh, I know what town clerks do. I, I, I've i got a picture in my mind of your office, and people come in there and they have various things that they need to have signed or taken care of, and, and you do that. Do do people say, hey, you're also, you're you're Tim Johnson? Yeah, they hear the voice, and some have said, oh, yeah, I, I know that voice. And, you know, I do play along with them. Uh, there was only once at a store where uh, somebody tried to uh, start talking radio with me. I pulled out my driver's license and said, you know, the two of us get confused with, with one another. I know he doesn't like it either, but uh, here's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you d- you did um sports play play by play. That's oh, a, yes. that's another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that's another thing that I was never able to acquire the skill to do that. Um first of all, I, I guess because I really don't have a big interest in sports. I did a little bit when I was in high school, but after that never. And and I have such respect for people who can do play by play. Uh, in, in fact, it's interesting. Uh, one of the very first t- uh, talking about radio programs we did was with a gentleman who I met when I first started in the radio business when I was about 16 years old. He was not a member of the regular air staff. His name is John Sorrenti. And it was right. in, a, in a small town in Weirton, West Virginia. And John worked in a clothing store. And uh, he would come down to the station every night at six o'clock and do a sports report. And then he started doing play by play. And he, and over the years, he did thousands of uh, football, basketball and baseball play by play. And he was he was the voice of the Ohio Valley in, in the play by play. And I always was just so sort of jealous, really, that, that I never was able to develop that skill. And, and it, it, you, you have to, you can't keep repeating the same phrases. You got you to come up with new phrases every time you open your mouth. Well, you have to uh, kind of be aware of what's happening and not only know how you describe it, but uh, how does the more rabid sports fan or somebody who played describe it? For instance, before I started doing play-by-play, I didn't know that there was an elbow on the basketball court. And there is. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I'm going to learn something today. See, the elbow is uh, out at the uh, foul line, uh, but it's out to the foul line extended either to the left or the right. And, you know, you get in there and you say, 
at the elbow, puts it up, and it's good. You can just kind of make it up as you go along yeah. because unless somebody's sitting in the stands, they don't know you're wrong. That, that's true enough. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, you had the uh, good fortune of being uh, inducted into the Vermont Broadcasters Hall of Fame. That's right. There are roughly, uh, uh, since the Vermont Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame was formed, roughly um, 80 men and women from uh, radio and TV in the state have been inducted. And I'm just very, very fortunate. I mean, I have just felt that overall radio news was what made my bread. And it's a time where newspaper circulation is going down. TV doesn't get everywhere. How do you cover the community that you cover? And, you, you know, radio needed to figure out its own niche. And that's to be hyper-local. Everybody can play music. That's why they have stereos. That's why they have jukeboxes. Uh, you know, you have to give them a reason to listen, and that is to be local. Let them know what's going on in your local community. Talk about local things, and um, nothing better than local news. And there's a, a tenet uh, in politics, and that is all politics is local. We we can watch, all, you know, the presidential uh races and and follow those whichever way we want to but when it comes down to what what people are really interested in is their local politics and who's running their local community because they have direct contact with that that's right and we over the years have had a lot of uh, politicians on locally in fact there was one gentleman who uh, unfortunately passed on a few years ago a local lawyer who was also for uh, several years speaker of the vermont house and I got to know him and his family, and you'll, you'll love this story. I was looking to interview Gary Hart when he was running for president in 1984. He was active in the New Hampshire primary. And the only way I could get an interview with him was to meet him and uh, this gentleman's daughters, um, the daughters of the House Speaker, that is. They were driving him from Keene to Brattleboro, which is about a half an hour drive. And I had my tape recorder in the back seat of a car, and I did a half-hour interview with him on the trip. So uh, if you know what uh, happened to Gary Hart and how his political career ended, I'm proud to say that I spent a half an hour in the back seat of a car with Gary Hart, and he never laid a hand on me. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Tim Arsenault in Vernon, Vermont, and uh, I, I have some personal connection to Vermont. I, I, I hadn't until my daughter married into a family that owned uh, a beautiful uh, Lake Champlain front home in Orwell. Um, that's, I guess, about an hour from where you're located. It's near yeah, but more, 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 more like two. I mean, it's probably an hour as, as the crow flies, but uh, the crow doesn't uh, fly on many of our roads in mud season. <laughs> it's near uh, Fort Ticonderoga. And uh, yeah. there's a huge dairy farm there. And I think these farmers are known uh, statewide, the Audette family. The Audette farm is a huge dairy farm. Yeah, they uh, have a dairy farm in, in Orwell in, uh, uh, let's see, it's Addison County. Uh, the big town in that county is Middlebury. And basically to get from here to there, you uh, would go up 91 to Route 103 over to Rutland and then north on 7. 
Well, we we were familiar with the Odets because they were neighbors to my daughter's in-laws' uh, fat home there. And so fast forward like, you know, 20 years, and, and we would go up there for Thanksgiving and enjoy Thanksgiving in Vermont and the other holidays and so on. And so fast forward like 15 years, 20 years, I'm now in Florida. We live in Florida. And I joined a country club in Lakeland, Florida. And one of the assistant pros was a, a lady that I didn't know very well, but she worked in the pro shop and she would go out and play quite a good golfer. And so one day I'm driving my golf cart around and there is her golf cart with her bag. And on the bag, it said MJ Audette. And I said, MJ, are you from Vermont? And she said, yes. I said, are you by any chance from Orwell? She said, yes. Well, she said, actually, Bomasine, which is the next city right over from or Orwell. I said, well, then you must be part of the Audette Dairy Empire. She said, never heard of them. <laughs> said, How can that be? <laughs> she said, I'll have to ask my mother. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, all the good names were taken. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You're on call, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm on call, and actually I am kind of monitoring the news wires and, and uh, things like that while I am uh, sitting here in the town clerk's office. What's and it, what's my, my big task today has been selling pay-as-you-throw trash bags. <laughs> really? <laughs> what kind of things uh, do you do during the course, aside from selling trash bags? What, what do people come into a town clerk's office for? Almost everything, including questions that I have no business knowing, but I somehow find the answer to. You start off uh, filing your birth certificate here, and then people want copies of their birth certificate when they get ready to bring their kids to be registered for school. Then you, uh, at some point, want to register to vote. We do that here. And then you vote. You get married. We sell marriage licenses, and uh, I do a lot of marriage ceremonies because Vermont is one of the few states that has no waiting period whatsoever. And I am able to uh, do the license, do the ceremony, and then give you a certified copy and send you on your way, although you may be a few dollars poorer. And then beyond that, we uh, do file mortgages and deeds. Uh, of course, we do the, the trash bag sales and uh, then uh, death certificates and sort of copies of those, and I even sell cemetery deeds. Well, I want to find out just quickly as, as we run close to the end of our time about your time as a justice of the peace. Uh, not only do you do marriages, but you also do arraignments, I guess? No, uh, a justice of the peace in Vermont does marriages and uh, hears tax appeal cases and uh, then assists in running elections. That surprises me that if, in what I've known over the years as what a justice of the peace does, uh, you know, I always have this picture of them dragging some guy in handcuffs in a, a black and white striped prison outfit in to be arraigned for some crime. Nope. Orange is the new black, of course. And uh, when it comes to here, it's all green. All right. Well, Tim, and, we, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, there, there were plenty of judges and and plenty of lawyers, and of course, you know, you you could clerk with somebody and get a, and get your uh, uh, 
law license, but this is too much fun doing this. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, it sounds to me like you're leading a full life and that you enjoy everything that you've been doing. In fact, uh, I will put in a plug. I have a grandson who played Division Three college football uh, who has been signed by a uh, pro football club in Germany. He'll be playing for Dusseldorf, the Dusseldorf Panthers this summer. Wow. That's great. It's interesting uh, how lives are paralleled. My youngest grandson, who is 23 or 24 years old, just signed uh, to play semi-professional lacrosse in Australia. He, he's leaving next week. <laughs> I mean, the, these kids wouldn't get this kind of experience uh, without these sorts of things. So, you know, you get a chance to see another country, uh, broaden your horizons, it's great. I think it is, too. I, I have always enjoyed that kind of thing. I've had no limitations. Uh, the broadcasting business has allowed me to live a life of doing pretty much what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Me either. But um, I, I do have to admit, I am really enjoying the second career of serving my hometown. Well, Tim, I, we are all out of time, and I, I want to thank you very much. for. And, and f folks, you, you don't know, you're not aware that uh, Tim is actually on the job right now in the clerk's office. And had, had somebody come in and wanted to buy a trash bag, he would have had to say, excuse me for a second, I have a trash bag to sell. Yeah, and before we went on, I actually uh, sold uh, five rolls of 33-gallon uh, bags at $21 per roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tim Arsenault, thank you very much for being with us and for talking about radio. You're very welcome. And radio is not dead. You just got to dig in, be local, be original. People will come to your door. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>